We're so glad you've joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story with us at pastor at relevant316.com. If you would also like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at relevant316.com. There you can select a giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Father, we invite you into this place right now, and we invite you into, into our heart, into each of us, Lord. God, I pray that you'd speak to me today, even as I'm preaching your word, and speak to every person here today exactly where they're at, exactly what they need to hear today. And we just believe you today to to do your thing, to show off, to show up, and to be glorified today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles today, um, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. Uh, Pastor Jonathan did tell me that this might be a good Sunday to crack open, like, the book of Leviticus or uh, Revelation or, you know. But I'm gonna, we're, gonna, we're just going to go to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. And uh, here's, here's my question to start us out this morning. Have you ever missed out on something and then regretted it? Have you ever missed out on something? Like, like, like maybe, maybe you missed your flight. Have you ever missed a flight? A couple weeks ago, my, my alarm didn't go off, and I woke up two hours after my flight left. I, I missed my flight. Ever happened to you? Maybe you missed an appointment. Maybe you missed an opportunity. Driving here yesterday to, to Riverside, I missed my exit. That, that's that's annoying, especially with the traffic you have here. It took me like 30 minutes to correct that error. I'm like, oh my goodness, what in the world, right? I, 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 I've missed lots of things. My, my wife tells me quite often that I missed the point. Any of you, right? I thought I got it, but I didn't. So she has, you missed the point, babe, right? So, so I, you, you can miss a lot of things, right? Well, today's message is titled, Don't Miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. Uh, a couple of months ago, I was traveling. Uh, I was on an airplane. I don't remember where I was flying to or from, but I was flying. And I don't know if any of you do this, but when I, when I fly and, if, and I don't want to be disturbed, then I put my big Beats headphones on. And, and I bought the big ones on purpose because when I put them on, they send a signal to everyone that sees me that I don't want to talk to you, right? Like that's, that's what I'm hoping anyway. It's kind of like I'm in my world, I'm listening to my stuff, and I don't want to, and so I got on the plane, I put my Beats headphones on, I reclined my chair back, the, the plane took off, and I was very, very tired. I'd been looking forward to this moment all day because I was looking forward to getting a nap on an airplane, all right? And so I'm laying there, and I am snoozing. I mean, I am dreaming. I am in deep, deep sleep, and all of a sudden, I feel a tap on my shoulder, and I opened my eyes to see the stewardess about this close to me, but I have my headphones on, and I see her lips moving. She's going, but I don't know what she's, I can't hear what she's saying. And, and I'm thinking at this point, I was in deep sleep, so the only reason I can think of that she would wake me up is because the plane is, is crashing, and she needs me to get ready, right? But, so I take my headphones off, and she says to me, sir, would you like a beverage or a snack? And I wanted to slap her, so help me God. 
why would you wake me up to at, do I look like I want a snack, right? I, what I want right now is a nap, and you just messed that up, all right? And so, so that was something that, like, I wanted to miss the snack, all right? B- but she wouldn't let me. And I'm just telling you today, I'm, I'm here to, to tap you on the shoulder, to kind of wake you up this morning, to tell you this. You don't want to miss Jesus. Anyone believe that this morning? You do not want to miss Jesus. We're in, we're in Mark chapter 3, and uh, the, the prelude to this, before we, we read this passage, we're, we're doing a series in Mark at our church right now, and so I, I tried really hard. I was going to preach out of a, a different book, but Mark's just in my heart right now. I just couldn't get away from it. And so the first couple of chapters of Mark, we, we're reading about Jesus, and he, in fact, Mark 1, he says, this is the good news of the Messiah, the good news of, about Jesus. And Mark goes on to chronicle the story of Jesus. And, and throughout Mark, what we're seeing is Jesus is healing people. He's, he's teaching with authority. I mean, in, in Mark, you've got the story of the, the guys who open the roof up and let, let the, their friend down through there and he heals them. Right? I mean, you got just all these amazing stories. And just one verse, Mark 134 says this, Jesus healed many who had various diseases and he also cast out many demons. And so that, that verse just kind of, it, it paints a picture for what's going on. It's basically, Jesus is, he's shown up on the scene, and he's being Jesus, right? I mean, he is kicking the devil's butt. He's taking names. He's healing. He's, he's just doing an amazing thing. And, and we come to this passage in Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 20. We'll just read a few verses here. And this is what it says. It says, then Jesus entered a house. So after all these miracles, after all this amazing stuff, it says, then Jesus entered a house. And again, a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. Verse 22. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand and if Satan opposes himself and is divided he cannot stand his and his, um, his end has come in fact no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up then he can plunder the strong man's house I have to give you this disclaimer because uh, every time I read this passage and my my wife and my daughter are sitting here on the front row they make fun of the way I say the word Satan and so when I'm reading this passage I I have to I, I over pronounce it so that I don't so I don't want to get teased afterwards okay they make fun of how I say Satan and mountain and belt those are my three words that they like to make fun and so when I'm reading this passage I'm very self-conscious every time and so did I say it okay did I okay I need the affirmation because they, they, they tease me, all right? So, so last week, Pastor Scott preached an amazing message about how to approach the king. Did, were you here last week? 
right? How to approach the king. And, and today, I, I want to talk to you about, about how to not miss the king. How to, how to not miss the king. And, and I, I usually, I honestly, I usually take the more positive approach. Like I would tell you how to find the king. But I just felt like if I could show you how that we sometimes miss the king, that maybe that warning, maybe we could reverse engineer it and figure out how to find the king. So I'll just leave it to you to figure out how to find him. I'm going to help you today with how to not miss the king. In this passage, I just have two things I want to show you this morning. I see two ways that if we're not careful, we often miss the king. And you don't want to miss the king. You don't want to miss Jesus. So the first thing I see here is... I'm just going to call just one word is categories, categories. This is how you can miss the king is with categories. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a little bit on myself this morning, but as far as I'm concerned, there are only two categories of men. There are manly men and there are not manly men. And the manly men are man, are, are man enough to get pedicures. Where's all my men in the house that, that you get pedicures? Any, any men? Come on, brother. Come on. Any, anyone else? Oh, come on now. I'm telling you, there, there's only two categories of men. There's men who get pedicures, and there's men who are not secure enough in their manhood to go get a pedicure. So some of you, the most life-changing thing about today, men, some of you, this week, you're going to go get a pedicure. And you're going to be sitting there, and they're going to be massaging your feet, and you're going to go, Pastor Jason, that he was so right. I'm so thankful that he came all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico, to teach me the wisdom of taking care of my feet. And I'm just telling you, it's, it's going to be life-changing. Am I, am I right, ma'am? Come on now. All right, so we, we, we were, we, my, my, you have to understand, because I'll paint a picture for you. My associate pastor is about 320-ish 50-ish pounds. He's a big boy, all right, big, big boy. And, uh, and one of the things that we have in our relationship, we get pedicures together, all right? In fact, Pastor Clyde and I, we get more pedicures than, than my wife and I. And uh, it's just a thing that we do. And when we walk in the nail salon, they look at me and they look at him and they kind of fight over who's going to get me because um, they need power tools to take care of his, of his toes, all right? And so, so a couple of weeks ago, we went to get a pedicure and we, we, we went in and we sat down and uh, they came and they started getting the water ready. And then we got our feet were soaking, you know, and we're getting all ready. And then the lady comes and, and, and she sits down and she looks at me. My, my buddy Clyde, he gets the deluxe pedicure, all right? He, and they do all kinds of fancy stuff. If you don't know what it is, just go get you one. It's fun. I mean, hot rocks and paraffin wax and all this. It's all. But I was, I was on a budget because we were getting ready to come to Disney. And so... I just wanted just like a regular old pedicure. And the girl sits down and she gets my feet in there. And she says, so what kind of pedicure you want? And I said, I just, I just want a regular pedicure. And she, just, she does this to me. She said, I'm just helping you. So if you, this is what you, you're in for. She looks at me and she just kind of cocked her head. And she looked over at her friend and she goes, oh, and she's pointing, she's pointing at my feet. And, she, and I'm like, why are you talking about my feet in a language that I, what are you saying? about my feet like I'm I'm I am not okay with this right and I think what she was saying was he thinks he needs a regular pedicure but do you 
see these feet? He needs, he needs a deluxe pedicure. That, that's kind of what, what he was saying there. But there's only two categories in my, in my book. There's only two categories of men. There's men who get pedicures and there's men who don't. There's men who are afraid, all right? That's, that's what I'll say about it. But see, we love to put people in categories, do we not? Like, like, like just naturally as people, we put people in categories. I mean, like you announced Barbecue Sunday and instantly there are people that are like, I love barbecue. And there's people that are like, I don't think I'm going to come next week. Right? I mean, they're, 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 we, love, we love categories and we've got categories for everything, right? We've got, we've got political categories, right? You're either in this category or that category. I'm, I'm, I'm not even about to talk politics in someone else's pulpit, okay? But, but we love we love categories, right? We, we, we put people in all kinds of categories. We describe people, you know, you've got categories for physical appearance. You're either fat or you're skinny or you're short or you're tall or you're, you got blonde hair or brown hair. You got, you got all these different categories. And, and here's, we're talking about how to miss the king. The problem with Jesus is that he doesn't fit into our categories. That, that's the problem, is that we, we love categories categories, but, but Jesus, he doesn't fit into our category. See, in, in Mark, the, the people, if you, if you were to read, like start in chapter one and come all the way to this passage we're in, what the people keep asking is this question. They keep asking, who is this guy? Who is, who is this guy? I mean, because if you read, you see, I mean, he's doing all kinds. Of, he's healing, and he's, he's forgiving sins, and he's casting out demons. And, he's do, and they keep asking, who is this guy? He's saying things they never, they've never heard. He's doing things that they've never seen. And the bottom line is this, is that he did not fit into any of their normal categories. And it's confusing the people in Mark. I mean, they're, they're looking at Jesus, and they're saying, I wish that he fit into my box. I wish that... I I wish he, he fit into my formula. I wish he fit into my category. And, and in verses 20 through 22, here's what we see happening is that they, they try to put Jesus into one of two categories. I'll just read this for you again. He comes into a house and there's a crowd and then they, they want to take charge of him because they, and they say this, he is out of his mind. So there's category one. Category one in Mark chapter three is the people look at what Jesus is doing. They look at how he's forgiving sins and healing people and casting out demons. And there's a group of people that they create a category for Jesus and they say, he's crazy. <laughs> Jesus has lost his mind. He, he, he's, he's lost it. Have you ever said that about someone? <laughs> Some, my wife said it this morning, right? He's lost. He, Jesus has lost his mind. That, that's what they're, that's the category that they're saying. But there's another group of people and they're off to the side and they're watching this happen and this is the teachers of the law. This is the Pharisees, the religious people of the day and they're watching and they say this. They say, no, 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 no. He is possessed by Beelzebub or in other, the devil. He's possessed by Satan, by the prince of demons. He is casting out demons. Did you see how I had to overpronounce Satan there, right? He, and so here's category number two is that the religious people, they're looking at Jesus and they're saying, no, he's not crazy. The category that Jesus fits in is this. He is best friends with the devil. That's, that's the category. He's, he, so, so you've got one side they're saying, he's crazy and the other side saying no he's best friends with the devil and 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 this is the only way that they can figure out to explain the the data 
I mean, if you look through it, and some of this won't seem crazy to you, but, but it, or just earlier, just in the previous chapter, Jesus touched a leper. Do, do you remember this story? There's a leper coming through, and Jesus, Jesus didn't just heal him. Like, go back and read that story this week. It's interesting because Jesus heals the leper at his, at his word. He doesn't have to touch the leper to heal him. He looks at him and he says, be healed, and the leper is healed. And if you don't understand leprosy, leprosy was not just a common cold, right? It wasn't just a little sickness. Like some of you, any germaphobes in the house? Any any germaphobes? We've got a germaphobe in our church, and I just love, I'm not a germaphobe. So like on Sunday morning, she's on our hospitality team. If she sets her coffee down or her water down, I'll go over and I'll take a drink of it just just to grow her out and and that it's done that cup is done for her right so i'm like thank you kendra i appreciate that right i love like i'll walk by and I, i'll just sneeze on her right i'll just cut and you know i did germaphobes right leprosy was not like this all right leprosy was the real deal if you had leprosy you were physically sick you were socially outcast spiritually the belief was that you were cursed by god so you were you were spiritually you know outcast emotionally here's the other part you can never ever be touched physically because it was so contagious and so if you had leprosy you're walking around and you just have the I mean you have a cloud over your head but Jesus when he meets the 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 leper he doesn't just heal him because he had the power and the authority to heal him with his voice but he touches him he touches the leper and this is one of the reasons that the people are looking and they're going, he is crazy. Because only a crazy person would touch a leper. If you read in Mark, you see that Jesus was forgiving of sins. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, how, how insane would it be if I'm in the lobby after church and I'm meeting you and you, you, know, you happen to say, oh, Pastor Jason, thank you for coming. I, just, I had a really rough week and this is what I did. And, then, and you began to confess your sins. And then I looked at you and I just said, son, your sins are forgiven. Right? I'm like, you would look at me like, you don't have the authority to do that. You can't forgive. Only, Jesus, only God can forgive sins. And the people, are, they're looking at Jesus and they're saying, he's lost it, right? He's, here's another one. He's he healed on the Sabbath. In other words, he, bro- he broke the law, right? Only a crazy person breaks the law. And so he's healing, he's, he's doing all that. And, and this is the only way that the people can, can figure out, this is the category, either he's crazy or he's a friend with the devil. But as I'm reading this, I, I notice that there's a category that, that they missed. And here, here's the category I want us to think about for a minute. Maybe, just maybe... Maybe Jesus is who he actually says that he is. Maybe he really is the son of God. Maybe he really does have the power and the authority to forgive sins. Maybe he really does have the power and the authority. You know, we, we prayed earlier for, for needs to be met, right? We prayed, we prayed for some, <clears throat> quite frankly, we prayed for some audacious needs, right? Some big things. I mean, we're praying for cancer to be healed. We're praying for jobs to be met, for, for bills to be paid. We're praying for things that, that on your, I mean, the reason you wrote it on the card, the reason you put it out there is because it's bigger than you. But maybe, maybe Jesus isn't crazy and maybe he isn't friends with the devil. Maybe he's actually who he says that he is. And maybe he really can do the things that he says he can do. Maybe he really does have the power and he really does have the authority. But, but here's what I see is the people that put him into these categories, they missed the king. 
and they missed everything that he brought as the king, right? He, I mean, think about it, right? He comes in, he has the power, he has the authority, he, he, he is the king, but the people that tried to put him, that fit him into these categories, they, they missed it, right? Like, like my wife says to me, they missed the point, right? This is kind of a long, a long quote, but, but I, I, don't, I, I think you'll like it. C.S. Lewis, he, he, said, he said it this way. He said, I'm trying to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. I'm, I'm going to pause. It's a long quote, but I'm going to pause. You've met people like this, right? Co-workers, friends, neighbors, family members, right? Have you ever noticed that, that the other religions, they don't argue Jesus' existence, they don't argue that he was a good person, a moral teacher, right? No, that's not where the argument is. Where the rub is, is when we say, guys, Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. And all of a sudden, oh, wait, 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 wait. You, you, I don't know about that. I'm okay with him being a moral teacher, a good person, a do-gooder. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay with him healing. I'm okay. But, but this whole son of God, savior of the world, only way. I mean, can't there be other ways, right? I mean, wouldn't it be better and more inclusive if there were other ways? And this is where the rub comes, right? Is when the church the real church, right? The church of God, right? That believes in the Bible. The church, when we stand up and we say, no, God, the church, the, Jesus, he's the only way. And here's what C.S. Lewis says. He says, he says <laughs> this audacious claim, right? That Jesus is not just a moral teacher, but he's, a, he's God. He says, that is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. Was that a good quote? Was that worth listening to? So here, here, here's the point, here's the, the application, is you're not going to participate in the kingdom of God until you decide about the king. You see, we, we have the same choice that the people in Mark did. The people in Mark are running around. Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Who, who is this guy? Right? Who is this guy? And, and the problem is, I'm just telling you, if you try to fit him into a category, you're going to miss the king. You're going to miss the king and everything that he brings with him. But, but who is this guy? Is he crazy? Is he the devil? Is he, you know, is, is he the savior? What, but, but here's what we do today is we create categories just like the the people in Mark did. And Jesus, he just, he keeps, he keeps forcing himself on the people. I just, I, I've, I've really, I've loved the gospel of Mark. He's just, he's pushing himself on the people. He's healing and he's touching and he's confronting and he's breaking open the boundaries. And I just want you to know today, relevant church, that Jesus is still pushing himself into our lives today, into our culture today. He's still pushing himself there. But, but he won't fit into our formulas. He just, he just won't fit. And here's the problem with categories is categories are they're too easy because they provide too many excuses. 
You see, here, here's a category that we're often guilty of. Maybe not you, but people in, church, people in churches in New Mexico. They're, they're guilty of this. Here's a category. Is, is that Jesus is the King. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. But only on Sundays. And only at relevant church at 10 a.m. or 11.30. Right? He, he's, only, he's only King at life groups. He's only king on barbecue Sunday, right? He's, he's only king. Are, are you seeing where I'm going, right? This is the category that, that unfortunately modern American church we're guilty of is, is we put him in the category that he can be the king of my heart. He can be the Lord of my life, but it's got to fit here. It's got to fit my schedule. It's got to fit my timetable. And, and, and here's the problem with that. And this is why, why I mean, we have an epidemic in America today of people hopping from church to church to church. Is that as soon as something there doesn't suit you, then all of a sudden you're able to go, well, he will, hey, I'm going to create a new category because I like my worship this other way. I cannot believe they sing Hillsong worship at this church. I'm going somewhere to find where they sing passion worship or whatever it is that you like. Are you, are you seeing? We create these categories, right? We, we put them in a box, and here's the, here's the problem is it provides too many excuses. As long as he fits in my box, then I'm okay with it. But as soon as it, it comes out of that box, right? As soon as it starts to come out, then I'm gonna go somewhere else. I'm gonna find another way. I'm gonna, and that's not the way that the kingdom of God was ever intended to be. But you're not like that. Only people in New Mexico, Right? So, so, so I just wanted to say to you this morning, going to church is not the same as entering the kingdom of God. It's, it's not the same. Do, don't confuse. See, Jesus in Mark, he's, com- he's coming into, onto the scene as the king to bring his kingdom, to bring people into his kingdom. And, and I just don't want you to get confused today, relevant church. Going to church is not the same as entering the kingdom. I'm glad that you're here today. I'm sure Pastor Jonathan and your, your whole staff team here today, I'm sure, I'm sure they're glad. Like, I, I don't know a pastor in the world who's not happy when people show up at church, right? It's, it's a good feeling, right? Like every Sunday, I wonder if people are going to show up. It's, I, I don't know what it is. I don't, every Sunday, I'm like, did I make them, did I offend them last week, you know, with my story about the nail salon, and now, now they're not going to come, right? I don't, I don't know. I'm, so if you're offended today, come back next week, because Jonathan's far more offensive than I am, okay? <laughs> By the way, do y'all love, I probably shouldn't even bring this up, but do y'all love when your pastor gets on a plane, and he's 30,000 feet in the air, and he starts ranting what in the world? Oh my goodness. It's just the best thing ever. I'm just, some of you, you, if you don't know, now you know, okay, here. So, what am I even talking about? <laughs> Going to church is not the same thing as entering the kingdom of God. You see, we, we, we just finished a time of our service called worship, right? We sang songs. Here's where, here's where we get confused, okay? Singing the worship songs is not the same as surrendering to the king. You see, you see, you see how we create categories, right? We, we, as long as we sing the songs I like, right? As long as it's not too loud 
or as long as it's louder, right? As long as the lights are the right color, and as long, like, I'm watching your team. I love visiting church. I love visiting churches. I love seeing how other people do it. And I'm watching your team, and like, Matt, I mean, he backs up here, right? And then when it's time, he gets up there, and he just, and I'm just, like, I should be worshiping. I should, I should have been. I, I was. I was trying. But I was watching your team, and man, they come, and man, when, I just knew, like, when they came to the front of the stage that the Holy Spirit was coming down, like, that was the cue, and they, because they come, like, wah, right? Grace to grace, and I'm like, yeah, I love it, right? But some of you didn't like it, maybe. Some of you are like, I wish they wouldn't do that, right? Well, guess what? Singing, you can, listen to me, you can sing the songs and not even worship, you, you, right? You, that, that's, you, you can create a category where you can check the box. I was there at 10 a.m. and I sang the song, Good for You. <laughs> Did you worship? Did you surrender your heart to the king? Because it's not the same thing. It is not, it's not the same thing, right? Being, being in the crowd is not the same thing as being a disciple, Right? This is what Mark's all about. Mark is, he's, I mean, Jesus in Mark, he's, he's making disciples. He's recruiting his, his disciples. He's building his team. And there were plenty of people that were in the crowd that, that never became a disciple. And I'm just telling you, I, and I, it's kind of fun preaching at other churches because I can tell you things and then I can leave, right? <laughs> but... But it's, it's different. It's, you, you can come to church. You can, you can be here. You can check the box. And you may not even be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. Sold out. Surrendered your heart to the king. And I'm just telling you, you're missing the point. If you've created a category because Jesus won't fit into your category. Here, here's the second thing. The second way to miss the king is divisions. Divisions. The, the teachers of the law, they make this audacious, just ludicrous claim against Jesus. And they say this. They say, I know how he's doing all these miracles. He is possessed by the devil. That's how, that's how he's healing. That's where his power comes from. His authority. That, that's what's happening. And Jesus, he responds to this. And in his response, we learn a valuable lesson. He says this, he says, If a kingdom, this is a powerful principle, hear it today. If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. The principle here is simply this, divided things fall. Divided things fall. And if you think about this accusation that he's possessed by the devil, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, think, think about what they're saying. They're saying, by the power of Satan, he is casting out Satan. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, right? I mean, it's, it's just, it's ludicrous. And Jesus, his response is simply this, is that doesn't make sense because divided things fall. D- division, right, brings the failure. Division, kingdom, 
against kingdom, it fails. You know, nation against nation, it fails. I'm just telling you, the principle is that divided things fall. A divided heart will fall. A divided marriage will fall. A divided church will fall. A divided nation will divided things fall. Are you seeing the principle there? So the question then becomes, well, if he's not getting his power from Satan, then where does he get his power? Where, how is he doing these audacious things? And, and this is probably my favorite part of, of, of this chapter, of this passage, is, is G, he tells this story, and then he tells a little parable, and he says this, look, if you're going to break in to a strong man's house, this is my paraphrase, you better bring back up. That, that's what he says. If you're going to break in to a strong man's house, and you're going to try to steal from that strong man, then you had better, you better have big muscles, and you better have friends with big muscles, or the strong man, he is going to whoop up on you. That, that, that's, the, that's the paraphrase. That's what Jesus is telling him there. And what I, what I love about this is, is this is Jesus. He, this is Jesus really coming onto the scene and announcing his power. I mean, when I read this, the, I, I, read, I read it, and I, I see Jesus. Go, he's going, I am the man. <laughs> a lot of us, have, we've tried, I, we try to say, we're like, I'm the man. Jesus, he's like, I am the man, and I have the power and the authority, and, and I'm here to go into the strong man's house, to go in to, to Satan, to, to the enemy, and to steal back everything that he's ever robbed from you. Has the any, enemy ever robbed anything from you? Has he robbed you of your peace, of your joy, of your, of your health? He's robbed you, you know, of your, your family, your marriage, your, your children, your finance. I mean, the enemy, can I just tell you, he's here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the enemy does. But here's what I love is the king, Jesus. He is here to restore. He is here to take all of that back, to steal all of it back, and to give it back to you, and to, to bless you, to give it all back to you. And Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I am the strong man. You know, gr- growing up, did any of you guys ever watch those strongman competitions? Oh, I just love it. I just love, I mean, they're like, you know, they hook a harness to like a fire truck and they're pulling it, right? Or they're picking like an entire oak tree above their heads, right? Or like a boulder, right? I'm like, and I don't know what it is. There's something in me, like as a, as a boy, I would watch those shows and I'm like, oh, ooh, and you have to understand, I was 98 pounds my senior year in high school, all right? And so I'm watching these and I'm like, I want to be the strong man. I want to be, you know. And so one time I went out of my parents in our driveway and I hooked a rope up to my mom's car and I put it in neutral and I'm in the driveway. I wish you could have seen it because I'm like, oh man, all 98 pounds dripping wet. And it's not budging at all. But no one was out there to see me so it didn't matter. And I'm just pulling up and I'm just telling you everything inside of me wanted to be the strong man. And here's the point of that story is that I wasn't strong enough and neither are you neither are you I'm just telling you you will look as silly as I look trying to pull my parents car if you think that you can go into the enemy's camp to the enemy's house to the enemy's territory and take back what he stole from you you, you, you just can't do it. You are not strong enough. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Is I know someone who is. The king is strong enough. The king is strong enough. <clears throat> I, don't know, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Pastor Jonathan and I, we've been, we've been working out. 
we've been getting ready. And uh, I think I have a picture of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that not awesome? That needs to be on your website. <clears throat> Man, I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is what I get for making fun of your pastor, right? I sent him this picture last night. He said, I am in trouble. I said, dude, I don't know what you're thinking leaving me here. Like, what in the world? I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you that we're, we're not strong enough. We're not strong enough. But, but the king, the king is strong enough. He is the strong man. So, so here's the question is if, if he, the king is, if he's strong enough, then here's the question that, that you may have in your heart this morning. Well, if this is true, if he's the king and he has the power and he has the authority, then why do I still battle anger issues? Why, why am I still behind on my bills? Why am I still depressed? Why am I still lonely? Why am I still addicted to this life-controlling habit that I have? If the king, if he really is, if he really has the power, and he re- if he really is the king, then why? <laughs> why do I still have, can you insert your struggle? And, and here's the answer, and you may not like it, but this, this is the answer. Jesus said this. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A kingdom divided. See, here's the problem is that our churches are full, at least in New Mexico, maybe not in Riverside. Our churches are full of Christians with divided hearts. Divided hearts. (laughs) Jesus, only you can only have part of my heart. You can only have it on these days. You can only have it when things are going good. You can only have it when my wife's being good to me. You can only have, and I'm just telling you, we live, we live a divided heart, and that's why the church is so powerless. It's because we're walking around, and we're trying to make our own decisions, and we're still participating with the world, and we're doing things, and saying things, and going places, and we're, we're gossiping, and we're backbiting, and we're, we have anger. We're all this, it's, we have a divided heart. Jeremiah, he said this, he said, seek the Lord with your whole heart. And I don't know if you know this or not, but, but this word, this word integrity, church, this word integrity, it's so important, and it's, just, it's been lost, it's been lost in the church today. And the foundation of that word, in, integer, is, it's a math word that simply means this, it's a whole number that cannot be divided, <laughs> That, that's the root of the idea of integrity. A whole heart that cannot be divided. A, a whole heart. And so I've come today to, <clears throat> to ask you, don't, don't miss the king. Don't miss the king. He won't fit into your categories, and a divided heart isn't big enough for him. Don't miss the king. <laughs> Don't miss the king by trying to fit him into your categories. And don't, don't miss the king with the, the vision in your heart. I got up early this morning and was laying in bed and was preparing my heart to come here today to be with you. I was praying for you. And truthfully, I, I only knew maybe two or three of you coming into today. And so it's kind of it's fun praying for people I don't know. And, and, and here's, here, here's the prayer. Here's the closing prayer today. This is the question, is do you need a stronger man in your life? Do you need the king to show up? That's what I'm asking. Do you need the king to come in and to, I'll tell you the one I felt really strongly, do you need a king to come in and to break the addiction in your life? 
You see, I, I know because I pastor, I, I know people, I know that many of you, have, you've given your heart to, to the Lord and you've begun, you've started a process, but there's just stuff that's hanging on that's, that just, you just can't, you just can't get rid of it. It's just nagging. It's just there. And you, you, this habits that you can't kick. It's just things. And I'm just telling you, the, the principle is this, is that you cannot do it on your own. But when the king comes in, the strong man, stronger than Pastor Jonathan, even with his big muscles, right? Stronger, stronger than me, strong, stronger than you. When the king comes in, he comes in and he just, he, he whoops up on the enemy. And he can, he can, the king can set you free. The king can heal you. The king can restore. The king, you know, I'm just telling you, like, sitting here, just, I'm just seeing my family here, <clears throat> I don't have time to tell you our story, but I'm just telling you, the, the king showed up in our marriage. <laughs> he saved us. He restored, he restored our marriage. 17 years we just celebrated. I'm just telling you, it's the king. The king, he, some, I'm, just, I, I, I wanna, I'm trying to give hope to some of you. May, maybe your spouse isn't even here today. You, you're just like, oh, man, I, I, you need the king to come into your marriage. So here, I, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. Would you, I don't know how you do it here, so will you just, will you put up with, with me for a few more minutes and then you get your church back? Would you, would you bow your heads where you're at, close your eyes? And <clears throat> if you're here today and you would just say, Pastor Jason, I want you to pray for me. I need, I need, I need this stronger man to come into my life to take care of the strong man. The, the enemy has come against me. You can define it. I won't define it. I need the king to come into my life. I need him to exert his power and his authority into my situation. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Thank you, so many of you. Thank you. Thank you. I need the king to come into my life to exert his authority. He's the king. He is the king. He has, he has the power to take care of it. And now, let's pray. Father, I pray right now for my friends who were bold enough to raise their hands today and to say, I need the king. I need the strong man in my life to, come, uh, to be defeated. I need the king to come in and to exert power and authority. And God, just the, 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 I don't know exactly why people are raising their hands today, but I pray, Lord, today I pray that you would break addictions in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that today, Lord, you would destroy, God, those destructive patterns that have set themselves up in our lives and that you would break the addictions. God, I speak hope into broken marriages today, hope into broken relationships. God, I pray, God, for your power and for your authority to be exerted into my friends' lives today as the king shows up on the scene. God, will you defeat the enemy and every plan that he has to destroy us, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. God, I pray that today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Relevant Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. 